You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the new classics on the green, a legend for all time. You can hear the montage in the autumn, the piano slowly plinking away. Folks, welcome to One Leg at a Time, the new sports gambling football podcast from Pride to Detroit. I'm Chris Perfett. Yes, yes, bring it all in. Clap. Just very, very calmly, classly clap. I'm losing my vocabulary already. It's very early here as we bring in Ryan Matthews, the rock god, the degenerates, the for, the artist formerly known as Bovada King 69, who this was his idea. And he has dragged me along to the uh, to the ticket booth. We're going to punch. We're going to punch some some cards up. And ride oh. this pony straight into hell. I am so excited. We're so I was, I was, I was, built. <laughs> I was built for this. You were, you were, we've, uh, we've decided to, we've been wanting to do gambling talk for a while and we've been trying to figure out where to put it on the POD cast. We'll just put it on a new podcast. That's what we'll do. And, uh, I'm here. I, I don't gamble as much as Ryan, but I enjoy the, the numbers of gambling. I enjoy it like, you know, people probably enjoy watching CNBC and like looking at the Nasdaq and being like, oh, yes, yes, that's what makes the numbers go up. Yeah, see, I am not that person. I am the degenerate. I am the one just filing through the sports books like my morning. My morning Twitter feed has kind of fallen by the wayside. And now it's checking the lines every morning to see where I can get the best odds. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast, Chris. Yeah, it is. It's also I, I, I'm also hoping some of your degenerate rubs off on me because I want to gamble on sports. But a I never seem to have enough disposable income or I don't think I have enough disposable income. And B, I don't like losing ever. And I feel like if I ever did start to have a bad beat, I would just bail. Like I would just be like, I just lost 50 bucks. I'm, my, my week is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 easy to get caught up in the bad beats, but you got to you got to get back in the horse. And as the podcast says, it's one leg at a time, one leg at a time. What what could that reference be to? I wonder. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Anyway, uh, we should never tell people that it's going to be fun. We should just let them see that it's going to be fun. And in which case we are going to start these podcasts talking about uh totals we we're coming up on august this podcast will be dropping for you on your feeds uh at the start of august which means that middle of the month we were going to have preseason we're going to have 
the Hall of Fame yep. game. Yep. It, but season win totals have been in the news for the casual NFL fan because books took down the NFC North futures odds, uh, largely around what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And there were some reports out there that this was done because somehow a book had the inside track on what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And indeed, our friends over at um, Three Letters NFL blog, you probably know who, was saying that this was because the rumor was, was the books knew, a book knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to retire, which, as we found out afterwards, was a steaming load of horse crap. Nobody knows anything. I've worked with some Vegas guys on another show, and I, I, I've talked with some very smart guys on these things whose whole job is to look into some of these numbers, and they tell me it's the exact opposite is what's going on. The exact opposite is what's going on in that it's not that Vegas knows something when they take down odds like that, which, by the way, uh, futures odds come down all the time, Ryan. They come down all the time for various things because three letters that we take from our friends over in the crypto community, F-U-D, FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt. It's not that a bookie has exciting information that has somehow slipped through. Bookies aren't spies. They do not have exciting information that has somehow slipped through the cracks, no matter what the Jimmy the Greek documentary tries to tell you. Instead, they're taking down those odds because they don't know what the hell is going to happen and they don't want to lose their damn shirt. Right. And they might as well do that instead of the alternative, as like you just highlighted. You don't want to go ass out just because you didn't have any knowledge. So why not? The the whole thing with the Aaron Rodgers thing was let's take this off the books for the weekend. See what happens with Aaron on Tuesday, whether or not he's going to show up to camp. Lo and behold, he does. And guess what? Books put everything back up. So, right. I I had one friend ask me too, like, oh, well, if that's the case, why don't you just leave the bets up? Can't you clean up? on people betting on, you know, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions. But remember, books want close to 50-50 on all these things. They want to break it. Their, their goal is if they can't win, either they want to win, obviously. The House wants to win, obviously. But going into it, they want cl- as close to, you know, I, I would imagine 50-50 as they can. They want kind of even betting on all sides. And blind betting doesn't do them any good. Like the house wants control. And yes, that that's exactly what happened when they took these odds down for the NFC North. And there are some other things that kind of fluctuated, too, with with not only just the NFC North odds came down. They adjusted MVP odds for Patrick Mahomes, like all that stuff got. I mean, there's a huge trickle down effect if Aaron Rodgers ends up not playing. But, you know, he's back in Green Bay. So the odds go back up and and guess what? It's time for some good old debauchery. It is time for some good old debauchery. Um, I think in a future podcast, I do want to talk about preseason and gambling on that because I feel like that's right up your alley, Mr. Bavada King. But uh, speaking of the NFC North, we should talk a little bit about we were going to go on this podcast as a short podcast, but we're going to go division by division and we're going to start with the NFC for their win totals for the year. Yeah. And maybe probably do do we have I think we have odds here, too, on who can win each division as well. So we'll probably uh, talk a little bit about that. But obviously, no, no limits to the, to the degeneracy and sports gambling's everywhere. You really can't escape it at this point. Time to break it down. Time to break it down. All right. Well, we mentioned those Packers. 
Uh, their win total has been set at 10 even. So this was a Packers team that I don't think most people weren't even thinking too much about them last year, Ryan. And then you had out of nowhere an MVP season out of Aaron Rodgers. And the gamble of the Packers was that Aaron Rodgers was going to keep declining. And that's why mm-hmm. they tried to, you know, that's that's half the reason we were in this situation with Aaron Rodgers to begin with is that he called their bluff and put up MVP numbers. Oh, I mean, he put up MVP numbers. Devontae Adams put up MVP numbers. You know, Aaron Jones got himself paid because he had such an incredible season. Uh, the, the Packers just, they threw everything to the wind. And everybody who thought that there was going to be some sort of decline uh, was obviously nope. incorrect. <laughs> Which brings us to the problem is how do you then evaluate this upcoming season? Because, yeah, Aaron Rodgers can post the last dance images all he wants even though you really only get to post that when you've won won like you know five rings and not just one way back in the stone ages but you know but at the same time aaron Rodgers they just restructured his deal but Devontae adams walked away from extension talks uh camp seems fine so far i guess my question is does does rogers have that kind of another mvp caliber season in him and unfortunately, I feel like we're hitting the point with him as we hit with Tom Brady, where you you want to side with Father Time, who is undefeated, but that's that's kind of a delayed victory. Yeah, it is. And Rogers is 37. So, I mean, I, I think he's still got a couple of good years of football left in him, or I should say a couple of probably elite level, you know, Aaron Rodgers type seasons left in him. Last year, they did go 13 and three. So I think the over under getting set at 10 in a 17 game schedule. I want to hit the over on this. I want to hit the over on this because I I look at the rest of the NFC North and and obviously we're going to break them all down in a little bit, but like, I mean, the the Packers can make a killing just in the NFC North alone. That's that. Those are the two important points. One. And I should have said this at the top. We are now in a 17 game schedule. You have to keep that in mind whenever you're looking at any kind of total out there, even if you're looking at fantasy too. Or like mm-hmm. any kind of stat. Stats are just going to get broken just on the merit that we have 17 games this year. Yeah, it's just going to mess matter. with our brains. Yeah, it's going to mess gonna, with our brains all season long. But I think this year is going to be interesting because I feel like even the players are going to adjust to 17 games. Mm-hmm. Like we see guys who are starting to break down even at the end of 16 games. Now you're sure. going to add an- another game on top. Yeah, so, that's where that's where depth is going to come into play. And, you know, that's a yeah. question mark for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they have a ton of a ton of top line elite talent at the top of their depth chart. What do they look like at the bottom? I mean, there are teams that are in better shape. So, I mean, I'm not running to the book to put money on them to win the NFC outright or to make the Super Bowl or to win the Super Bowl. But I, I definitely want to hit the over on 10 wins. Yeah, I, I I'm not quite there yet, but I also sympathize with that with that thinking because as you said the rest of this division isn't good sorry lions fans um but the it's bears not built to I, win this year it's like not the rest of like, this division is not built to win this year well there is one team that's built to win trying to be built to win this year and that's our next up on the list is the vikings at nine wins on the over under and they just have more question marks i feel that like than the packers which mm-hmm. that's funny that we say that after we just had a whole offseason of will Aaron Rodgers shit or get off the pot. But 
this is a team that is, you know, has been plagued with injuries in the past with you don't know what you're going to get out of Kirk Cousins, who is just it feels like they're struggling to keep it together. They allowed more points than they scored last year. I think it was like four four hundred seventy five, which was like twenty ninth in the NFL. Like they they allowed a lot of points. Yeah, they had a and, negative point differential, but they were seven and nine last year, which I mean, that yeah. that's exactly, Chris, what they need to clean up. Like, it's it's all about defense. They they need this defense to return the form. And and maybe they're betting on that because they have Mike Zimmer and maybe he has the magical elixir and they brought in some free agents. You know, they brought in Dalvin Tomlinson. They got Patrick Peterson, who I mean, you want to talk about father time. We'll, we'll see about it. Mm. But I mean, they they. They also spent five of their draft picks on defensive players. So it, it becomes that interesting scenario because what their over under is set at nine right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't that's think a, that's that. a good number. That's a good number. But I, I, I'm inclined to take the under here. Yeah, I am too. I just, I don't know how much more Kirk Cousins can get it done this year either. Um, mm-hmm. There was some funny stats going around the last couple of years about what his record is when you take him out of that 1 p.m. Eastern time time slot. If you put him on prime time, suddenly he starts to fall apart. I think last year kind of dissuaded us some from that. I, I need to pull up the game logs here as I say that, though, because I clearly didn't think I would actually talk about Kirk Cousins and what he <laughs> was uh, what he was doing in prime time last year. But well, let let me say this too. Yeah, about I mean, the, like he, uh, he, won, he won over he won over Chicago on Monday, but I I think it more has to do on the uh, if you're going to be betting these games against the spread when it comes to Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, but sure. I, Kirk Cousins against the spread not good in prime time, but either way, that's the that's just showing like that their margins for victory aren't great when they pull out these games either. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's once again gained another year. And I just don't think he's got the saying power that Rodgers has. Yeah. And he, here's here's the thing with the Vikings and their and their over under being set at nine. They have probably just as difficult a schedule as the Detroit Lions. And everybody's making a big, you know, hubbubaloo about, you know, the Lions schedule. You look at their out of conference opponents. I mean, they're playing, you know, the the AFC North, they're playing the Browns, they're playing the Ravens, they're playing the Steelers, and then you know they got the NFC West too, and they have the AFC West. They they got the Chargers um, as their uh, as their like uh, you know seating in terms of last year's schedule. So it's not easy sledding, and and nine games seems like it seems it seems like the under here. Yeah. All right. Uh... Might as well rip off the Band-Aid Lions. The win total got downgraded. It was, I remember, for the longest time sitting at, I think, five wins. Yeah, I think it was set at five from the onset. Yep. Yeah, but we're running off. Are we running off? These are are these William Hill numbers that you got me or are these uh, BetMGM? BetMGM. So these are the BetMGM numbers. Lions have been downgraded to four and a half, which uh, once again, I know this is a Lions podcast. Technically, I'm not being the slappy here. I Again, because of 17 games, I'd slap the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over, too. At four and a half, I'm taking the over. I, I, I think that they have an opportunity to outperform kind of how they've been labeled as potentially the worst team in the NFL. Like, there's some odds out there. 
in terms of, you know, teams that have a possibility of finishing 0-17, their odds aren't much longer than like the Houston Texans. I think the Houston Texans are an absolute tire fire mm-hmm. in comparison to the Detroit Lions. I over four and a half wins seems like a really bankable thing. And I, I, the, the, I, I think the I think the odds are like minus 170 to take the over four and a half. So you're paying a little bit, but I think it's worth it's worth paying five games out of 17. I know it's a tough schedule, but basic math, though, like, right? It's like basic math on you. You imagine on what teams will go like it's really hard to get to win under five games in the NFL. Mm hmm. Like you just even even the Panthers stumbled into wins last year's. And I didn't think the Panthers were that good, even when they were like pulling out some wins. They were not good at all. And yet somehow they stumbled to that. They stumbled to the record that they had. They stumbled to what was it like four and four and twelve. They were five and eleven last year. They were five. I'm sorry. I missed that last win. Yeah. Yeah. Five and eleven last year. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, like four and a half is easy to get over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a good number. I think four and a half is exactly where it should be, um, because that's kind of the I, I I mean, you look at some of the other teams that finished in the in the basement of their divisions, Falcons, four and twelve, um, Eagles, uh, four and eleven and one. So um, outside of ties, you know, mm-hmm. foo barring everything. But I, I just think that four and a half is a good number. Not being a slappy here, I totally agree with you, Chris. Taking the over, yeah. Um, now this brings us to the weird one of the division, and then up up after this, we'll talk NFC East before we take our break. Um, Piers at seven and a half, and I just don't know what to make of the team because I just don't know what to make of Justin Fields. I know some people like him a lot. I rookie quarterback records aren't great though to start the to start off here especially if the bears are going to throw him to the fire with that kind of offensive line uh not to be too much of a f the bears kind of guy but i almost feel like uh, what was their skill what was their uh record last year why do i not have that they, up they were 500 they were eight, and they, eight. Were, they were they were eight and eight so that would get you that that would get you the over if they repeat that this year if it's nine and eight or eight and nine it's going to be so weird that nobody can go 500 anymore. But that is the thinnest of margins, and I just don't think they got better this year. And there, there were some close wins they pulled out last year as well. Um, their point differential was only like, I think, two. Yeah, I mean, they, that, they just, wrote- that just screams regression. That just screams like if we get more injuries on the on the defense. And, and like they're again, their offensive line is not good. That was their calling card, right? I mean, the Bears, they gave up 370 points last year. Um, That was second in the division only to the Packers, who gave up 369. Um, But, I mean, they were one of the best defenses in the NFC North. But here's the thing that I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under at 7.5 because how long is Andy Dalton going to be the starter? Matt Nagy has made it very clear that Andy Dalton He's going to start week one. And obviously they're going to evaluate it from there. But you look at the way that the Bears open up their schedule. They got the Rams in prime time. Then they play the Bengals and they play the Browns. I can easily see them starting the year one and two and then probably flipping the switch. And then that following week, they play the Lions. I could see Justin Fields potentially starting that week four against the Lions. 
but I mean, they don't, I mean, they got tough sledding too. They're part of the NFC North. They had that tough out of, uh, out of conference schedule with the AFC North as mentioned. They got to play the NFC West. I, I, I think that I'm going to take the under at seven and a half. And I just, I think that's why I feel so confident about taking the Packers at over 10. Yeah. I feel like I, I think the big thing there is that they're out of conference is, as you say, it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for everyone, which is going to mm-hmm. push the number down. And for the Bears, who were around 500 last year, it's just I mean, they're trading in some of these games they had against Jacksonville for, you know, what they're going to the have Buccaneers. This year. for the Buccaneers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't I don't envy them at all. Um, real quick, let's move on to the NFC East. Oh, before we do, um, let me, let me find the odds here real quick for the division winner. Now that we got the totals out. So Packers are now the, obviously the favorite at minus one sixty. These are from uh, DraftKings now. Okay. Uh, the Vikings at plus two fifty bears at plus five fifty lions at plus 2,800. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to light any money on fire by taking the lions at plus 2800 um no i i mean you're you're are you taking are you taking the the packers or is there any chance for the vikings to get you some good money there because everyone likes that plus yeah everybody likes their money plus yeah all the all of them like the plus but i at minus 160 that's as close to even money that you're going to get i think of um, you know, any of the division winners that are far and away the best team in their division. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll take the Packers at minus 160. Um, and, uh, and I'll and I'll I'll know that I'm going to make money on that. There's no doubt in my mind that the Packers are going to win this division. He knows he's going to make money, folks. And you will, too. Mm-hmm. NFC East. Let's do uh, it. Let's, everybody's let's favorite. Re- everybody's favorite step cousin of a division. I'm 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 sweating just looking at this division right now. Three teams in negative <laughs> so point difference. Three teams in negative point differential right now. Your division le- leader was plus six in point differential with Washington football team. What are they going to be called? I can't. I, I hope they're not called Red Wolves. I don't mind the Guardians. Didn't we just do Guardians with Cleveland though? We we did, but I, I guess that's my point. Like. I'm totally fine with the right. Guardians and so many people poo-pooed on it. They wanted the spiders. How the hell do you want the Cleveland Spiders? Yeah, why do you want to be named after like the worst baseball team in history? Like the Spiders are the worst baseball team to exist ever. Like Washington Senators are a distant number two. The Spiders were like literally the worst. Yeah, just I don't know. They lost everything. All I know all is time. that I, I, I don't trust Snyder to make the right decision at all whatsoever. No. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because he said he didn't want Warriors because that already like that name already exists. It might not have been him, but I saw someone making the point. It's like Warriors, that name already exists to Golden State. Now Guardians belongs to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want this... I just don't want Red Wolves. That sounds that's lame. Yeah, that's lame. But all right. Anyway, all that aside, gambling, 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 gambling. Let's start with football team. Then Uh, their total is set at over under eight and a half. All of these totals Mm. for the East are uh, depressing to look at. I don't think all these teams are going to be best as bad this year. It's just a matter of which one comes out on top of the pile. And everyone likes Washington again this year, which I don't get. 
Ryan because they still haven't figured out their offense. And we're just kind of banking on that defense doing what they did again this year. Yeah, we are. I'm, and I mean, if there's a team that isn't going to regress on defense, I'm going to bet on Washington's football team to not be that team. Like, I think that their defensive line is young and it's hungry. You're going to see a, a step up from Chase Young from a year ago. And along alongside, you know, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, like, I mean, they have tons of talent. That defensive that defensive side of their ball is loaded. They only gave up 329 points last year. Granted, you know, they played a a, a pretty. How should I how should I word this so kindly? Should I even be kind to Washington? No, whatever. They played no. they played a powder they played a powder puff schedule, right? Like, I mean, yeah. playing in that NFC East, especially with the Cowboys on one leg without Dak Prescott. I mean, they had every opportunity. It was it was who's going to lose their way into winning that division last year. And it happened to be Washington football team. I think the question really hinges on, Chris, what do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to do for that team? Is there some Fitz magic that's going to happen? No, no, no. I'm betting against Fitz magic every time. I've been burned quite a bit, but I'm betting against Fitz magic. Uh, you mentioned their schedule, though. I don't think this is a powder puff here because they've got road games in Buffalo, in Green Bay, in Denver. Put aside that Denver's probably a bad team. Like, that's still a hellish place to play when mm-hmm. you're not used to the altitude. Their division schedule is so backloaded. This is how they... This is, this is their December schedule. At Vegas. Cowboys at Eagles. At Cowboys. Eagles at Giants. Yeah, it's so weird how their schedule is just so imbalanced like that. I mean, yeah, five straight like division, division games to end the end the season. Yeah, that's I that's going to be an interesting part to play for. I think all NFC East teams, and it's something to keep in mind because that's when these games are really going to get tight. But you're also going to see you're seeing these teams on like every other week for yeah. for divisional opponents. So, oh yeah, by the way, they have to host Kansas City as well, Washington. And they start yeah. the year against the Chargers, who should be improved. In their first 12 games, Chris, they have one divisional game. They yeah. play the Giants in week two. And then everything else is backloaded. It's, it's a wild schedule to me. Yeah, um, I'm going to take but the I over, just, though. I'm, I'm taking the under. I'm taking right. the under. I think, if, I think if Dallas isn't hurt, that they're not going to get those, those divisional games to start the year. Because like, if Dallas is in the playoff picture... They, they'll get serious about it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm high on New York. I know no one else is, but like the only their their division, once again, it was a rough division last year. And the only bad team in that the only like team that stands out as this is worse than every other team in that division right now is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, but like you said earlier, Chris, there are no 500 teams anymore. Mm-hmm. I can I can easily see. Washington being just above quote unquote 500 um, at at nine and eight. And there you go. There's your over. I just I just look at their schedule and I just don't like it. Like, again, you're playing Green Bay, Kansas. I I can probably pick out nine. um, What is it? Uh, Nine losses here. But yeah, I I think I think it's a good number. I think eight and a half is a good number. Yeah. Um, I mentioned the Cowboys. They're at nine and a half. Mm hmm. Do you really think Dak Prescott gets back to form? I think that's what their whole like this whole total kind of hinges on. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think so. Like, I'm not willing to bet on Dak Prescott 
being what why why is he just touted as being like a top 10 quarterback without a doubt i mean we the going guy back suffered to a gruesome injury a little bit yeah i think so um <laughs> i didn't have him on mine so yeah yeah pretty, go on I, I i think that with the injury that he sustained that's a that's an awful awful injury to have to come back from and here's how the cowboys start their season at tampa bay and then at la versus the chargers chargers yeah i mean right there boom boom like you're you're getting tested early right there and uh, you know some some of their other games you know they you know the the nfc east drew the afc west so i mean they got the chiefs on their schedule um on the road at the chiefs too yeah so it's i don't like it and this year thanksgiving day playing vegas Hmm. I don't like the Raiders, but we'll save that for the for our AFC preview podcast there. Once again, backloaded, uh, not as backloaded necessarily as Washington. But again, this is the middle of December at Washington, at New York Giants, home against Washington. And then they end the year at Philadelphia. Yeah. Last year, they go six and ten. Obviously, that number can kind of get thrown out the window just because they make you know, they missed out on so many games from Prescott. But is you're banking on a four you're making on a four win delta that Dak adds to your team is Dak four wins above replacement like is he is he a guy who's going to win you four games to to put your team at uh 10 and 7 I don't think they had a great draft either like put aside my personal hatreds of Micah Parsons I don't think like did everyone I know everyone was talking him up but everyone forgot he's like an off-ball linebacker on this Mm-hmm. I don't think he really makes their defense any better in his rookie year. And uh, yeah, like, again, I can't find the four win Delta, even adding the extra game to the schedule. And, and you're counting on Ezekiel Elliott to bounce back. And we know the track record on running backs and mm-hmm. in terms of what they have tread on their tires. I, I think, I think nine wins might win you this division. Yeah. Um, real quick. We're way over time for this. Because clearly we did not plan out how much time we were going to have fun with this. Um, Eagles, six and a half. Under? I'm inclined to take the over here. Really? I don't think that's a good team at all. Yeah, I think think that's a dumpster fire. I I think they're pretty bad, too. But I think that they're better than they were a year ago. No, they can't be. They can't be? They, no, no, no bloody way. Like, you, do you actually think them jettisoning? I don't like Carson Wentz at all. Trust me. But you don't think jettisoning Carson Wentz, who they have there as an upgrade now? Like, and they've been losing pieces left and right as they're going down the the pipe here, man. Like, what? They, they have. And again, they pull that same AFC West. They have four. I'm sorry. Six of their last um, five of their last six are divisional games. Mm hmm. Their yeah. bye week doesn't come until week 14. I'm going to take the over. I think they finished seven and 10. Their bye week doesn't come until week 14. Yeah, I, I, it's how I'm feeling right now. I think I think Jalen Hurts is better than than what you're presenting him to be at Dal- at Atlanta to start home against San Francisco at Dallas, Kansas City at Carolina Bucks at Vegas at Detroit. OK, whatever there. Um, Chargers <laughs> at Denver in, in November. Like I no, 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 no. I, I'm taking this is this is the most hellacious schedule. 
I've seen yet. I'm taking the under. <laughs> hey, you know what? The only reason why I would be inclined to take the under is because I think their coach is a boob. Like Sirianni is just, I mean, you want to talk boobs. about. Yeah. Except for Dan Campbell. No. Um, and last but not least, the Giants. Seven wins. Danny Dimes. Does he get it done, Chris? Are you going to take the over am, with the New York Giants? The, it's hard to take the over on any of these teams right now. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This is this. As we've been pointing out, their schedules are kind of hellacious. I. I'm looking at the schedule right now, trying to talk myself into it. I. Maybe. If you have to talk yourself the most into improved. it. Yeah. Uh, well, on offense, for sure. Right. Like, I think just yeah. by proxy of getting Saquon Barkley back, like if he can return from injury, you're going to get one of the league's best running backs. They went out and they got as many weapons as they could have assembled for Daniel Jones, you know, signing Kenny Galladay, uh, Kyle Rudolph. They went and drafted Kadarius Tony. I think if their offensive line is good enough this year that they can take a step and I could see them pushing for like second in the division. So. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. I think I'll take the uh, over. I think eight's eight's doable. Yeah, eight's doable. Um, Like eight and nine. I mean, just below 500. Yep. And like, look, they get two. They get two games in December on the West Coast and in at Miami at Chargers. Like they get out of that cold for a while. That's always better when you're just throwing the ball long for Danny Dimes. Um. Their schedule doesn't feel as hellacious. Like they don't have this backloaded divisional schedule that all the other NFC East teams have. I just this this feels like they'll be a little bit their their bye week comes in week ten. It feels like this is kind of they're a little more set up to coast through this to at least mm-hmm. get that get eight wins as you say. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys are your favorite at plus one thirty five for the division. Football team plus 200 Giants are plus 450 Eagles plus 550. I I like the value at the Giants at plus 450. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, if, if I'm going to if I'm going to sprinkle some money anywhere, it's going to be Giants and Washington football team. I don't want to touch the Cowboys. Their, yeah, no, their defense so was so their defense was so bad last year, Chris, 473 points allowed. Yeah. Are, are you are you are you are you telling me right now that Micah Parsons is going to turn that defense into Hell anything, no. anything as an off ball linebacker? Is he going to make that big of a difference? No way. No, no. Let's take a break here. I probably had to insert another break in here because we've been going long because we love this. This is this is football. I haven't been back here in forever. And we're actually talking about games that are going to be played here very soon. Oh, yeah, this is good. Good one leg at a time. One leg, one leg at a time continues very shortly here from the green, green hills of the Internet. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back on the great courses of one leg at a time. I don't know why I'm doing this like the Masters. Probably because we're going to take all this money and go golfing. It's fine. Like I, I like you being an adequate version of Jim Nance. I I could only aspire to be Jim Nance. <laughs> Everybody can only aspire to be Jim, Jim Nance. I, I I would rather aspire to be Vern not not to slight Jim Nance, who is wonderful. I hope if he's listening that uh you you know that I think you're wonderful, but I grew up hearing Vern Lundquist's voice a lot. And that's who I kind of aspire to be, because Vern Lundquist also feels like the kind of guy who would go to a restaurant nearby and smash like four cocktails and then go call a football game. And oh, that's yeah. the, nobody does that anymore. They're not built like Vern Lundquist anymore. Vern Lundquist, Brett Musburger, those are like legends. I'm, I'm sure Jim Nance is probably one of those guys, too, but I don't want to aspire. I don't want to stipulate on Jim Nance's drinking habits, at least with Brett and with Vern. They're out and proud about it. And also, if you're if you're the adequate version of Jim Nance, does that make me the even less adequate version of Tony Romo? Because I've never played quarterback. At least you're the adequate version of Tony Romo and not the adequate version of Phil Simms. Yeah, nobody wants to be Phil Simms. No. I, I, I can say that even if Phil Simms is listening to the podcast, I just know that I'm not aspiring to be Phil Simms. <laughs> GM? 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 You, yep. <laughs> oh, God, that's that was a dark time gone. Hey, speaking of... Talking with a little accent. Let's head to the NFC North or South. Damn. South. I, I was going to say, like, I mean, the NFC South is pretty accentless. All things said and done. But the South is having some fun times right now because they're getting Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. But that's a story for another podcast way away from the NFL. But uh, speaking of those depths, let's go to the Saints, shall we? Yeah, let's start with the let's Saints. Let's go to the, our New Orleans Saints, who are listed at a nine-win total in spite of Drew Brees retiring, which maybe that's partly to tell you that Drew Brees wasn't the engine of excellence in that final year, that he was throwing you know, wobbling ducks even, even in his final year there. Just maybe. Mm -hmm. Can I convince you of that? Or is Taysom Hill just the poison pill where you're just out? What are they going to do at quarterback? I really is, don't know. Is it going to be a lot of Jameis Winston and a little bit of Taysom Hill? Is it going to be equal amounts? Is it going to be is Taysom Hill going to outright beat Jameis Winston for the starting spot? I, I, I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I think that deciding their win total after going 12 and four a season ago. I think a lot of a lot of this over under total is totally dependent upon and everybody's over under is dependent upon the quarterback play. Mm. And 
there, I truly have no I have no pulse on this, Chris. I have no pulse on this whatsoever. We it's are hard to bet on this. We are talking about the team with the highest point differential last year, though. Plus four, uh, plus uh, one hundred forty-five. Yeah, they put up points in bunches, and their defense is it's it's still Scout, pretty rock solid. Like, yeah, they, they only allowed three hundred and thirty-seven points last year. That that's what that's what it's riding on. It's not that this win total is not coming because of their because of their uh, their their offense. It's becoming it's because of their defense. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of I think a lot of defensive regression is based on turnovers, right? Like if if the Mm -hmm. offense starts turning the ball over, that's going to put a lot more pressure on their defense. And when you have a guy like Jameis Winston under center, if he's going to be the if he's going to be the signal caller, Sean Payton's got a lot of cleaning up of Jameis Winston's turnover problems if if he wants that defense to remain stout. But I don't know. Their over under is is set at what again, Chris? It's nine. Nine. And I just look, they 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 had they had eight interceptions. Malcolm Jenkins accounts for almost close to half of that. However, their opponents got 18 interceptions on Drew Brees. I'm, I'm going to keep pounding on this. Drew Brees did not have a good last year uh, as much as I can. Um, fumbles. They they won. They, they had a turnover ratio of nine. Ryan. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I with just, Jameis Winston, with Jameis Winston under center, I think that that obviously regresses a bit unless Sean Payton is some kind of magician and he can get a turnover, a, a less turnover prone Jameis Winston. This is the first time that the Saints have had a new starting quarterback under center in 16 years. Yeah, Drew Brees has been there that long. So I guess the again, the big question is, A, is that offense foolproof for a new quarterback coming in? And again, I continue to posit this evidence to you that Drew Brees was not good in his last year, so it shouldn't be that bad. But they, you also need to know who your quarterback is coming in. And Jameis Winston was more than just whatever too slightly bad in the past. Mm-hmm. He's been he threw more interceptions than touchdowns one year. And I don't know what to do about that. I really don't. And then the other part of the question is, how much do you think that defense continues to play at that high level? And I mean, look, they're, I think at the very least, they're 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 going to be the second best team in the NFC South unless they really crash hard. I mean, let's just real quick. Let's pause on personnel in terms of whether or not they're going to regress on defense or things like that. And just mm-hmm. look at I mean. Just look at their coaching staff. No Dan Campbell, no Aaron Glenn, no Aubrey Pleasant. All those guys got poached. Is it going to be really easy to replace those guys? Malcolm Jenkins ain't getting three interceptions again this year. I'll say that. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm inclined to take the under, but I, I think that I think that the rest of the division isn't so great outside of the Buccaneers. So I'm, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over at nine. I, yeah, I think they're slightly uh, better than above 500. Yeah. So the NFC South, they do pull. They do pull the NFC East. Um, they pull the NFC West, I believe, as well. Um, or at least they have that one game against Seattle, excuse me. But they uh, they pull the AFC East is their is their other division they pull. Mm-hmm. So it's I think the whole they're they're going to farm wins. I feel like they've got two really easy divisions that they've parred up against, and they get to 
this end of the year schedule, man. So after the Bucks, which is going to be rough, but before that, they get to play the Jets. Then they play Miami, Carolina, and at um, Falcons. Yeah. So yeah, I, I always I, I, I they, they do have an early bye week. They do have a week six bye week, which doesn't seem like it's that early. But in a 17 game schedule, that means you've got 11 more games to play. I mean, excuse me, 12 more games to play after that. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints last year, 494 rushing attempts. That was fifth in the NFL. I could easily see them eclipsing that number, obviously, because it's mm-hmm. 17 games. But um, I can see them being the most run heavy team in the NFL. So. I'll take the over. Okay. Uh, talking about the Falcons, then, uh, you know, your boy Kyle Pitts, but they're going to try to make this give this one more good with Matty Ice. I can't imagine they're as bad as they were last year at four and twelve. Um, neither does neither does Vegas because the point total is coming in at seven and a half. I mean, win total, excuse me, coming in at seven and a half. Seven and a half is a is a good number. Um, and I know I They're keep saying be better than last year, but I mean, are they seven win? Are they eight wins better than last year? Yeah, uh, here's the problem. Last year, they start 0 and 5 with Dan Quinn. And mm-hmm. then they make the switch to Raheem Morris, and he's responsible for all four of their wins. They go four and seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some I mean, obviously, the big storyline is they lose Julio Jones. Uh, you know, they move on, they go and snatch the offensive coordinator from the Tennessee Titans and they, you know, make Arthur Smith their head coach. Are they going to try to. Are they going to try to install that run heavy offense in Atlanta? Because it doesn't seem like that would be the answer when you got guys like Calvin Ridley and you just drafted Kyle Pitts. It seems like, like you said, Chris, like this is Matty Ice and this is his kind of like last hurrah or maybe his his interview for you know, future subsequent seasons? Like, is, is Matty Ice going to be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons in, in 2022? I think that all hinges upon 2021. This is a make-or-break year for him. The offense yeah. has a bunch of talent. The defense, not so much. They have some high-end players, but I think depth is a huge concern for them. I'm I'm going to take the under here. I think that they're just a young... I think they're a young team in the middle of a rebuild. Seven and a half wins seems like an awful lot. Their start to schedule is pretty brutal that they're going to have to play at Bucks, at Giants. A week five, they have to play the Jets in London, which has been Lions fans would know. London's a bit of a uh, house of horrors for the Falcons. Some years Mm -hmm. Uh, they get their bye week in week six. Uh, End of the season. A little easier coasting, but, you know, they do finish at Carolina, at San Francisco, Detroit, at Buffalo, New Orleans. Um, This is a team that I feel like is probably going to slam down the stretch and maybe start taking some heavy losses as injuries pile up, as is want to with every NFL team. Uh, I'm kind of with you there. I feel like under is a good place to be. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were this year uh, in 2020. But I don't again, the Delta, it's always about the Delta. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to double their win total? And the answer is no. Yeah, I, I don't think that their roster improved that much. And I don't see Arthur Smith coming in and, and being that Delta either. So uh, I'm there with yeah, you. It, I'll, t- I'll take it. The it, feels, it feels like they're just kind of waiting to see who's going to replace Matt Ryan. But you can't really mm-hmm. jettison Matt Ryan out the door, especially not first off, because he's been one of the greatest, one of the great quarterbacks they've ever had. They've had in that franchise. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I mean, and also that uh, his contract won't let you jettison him. <laughs> That's true. And if, if he if he didn't have the misfortune of getting turned into a 28 and three meme, I mean, you're talking about a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. So yeah, he, he's had good years. Like, I know mm-hmm. he's been hot and cold, but that's why we call him Matty Ice. Uh, Panthers, same win total, seven and a half. Once again, like th- this is a weird win total for me, Ryan, because I feel like we and look, I think I was guilty of this, too. We all kind of rushed to crown the Panthers last year and they ended up. With like what, uh, five wins. But those three wins in the middle of the at the start of the season, we were all like, oh, my God, look at the job Matt rules done. He's got them humming out of the gate, man. He's got them primed and ready. And then they lose five straight. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing that Carolina did this offseason, right? I mean, they. Got rid of Teddy Bridgewater and ushered in Sam Darnold. I don't think Sam Darnold is a magic elixir to get them to above seven and a half wins. And yeah, look, I don't I don't think much of Teddy Bridgewater, but he's a bridge to a better quarterback. But um, Darnold ain't that quarterback. Darnold Darnold is is not that quarterback. I some people have really held out hope in Darnold on going to a new place, having a revival. And once again, I feel like as with a lot of USC quarterbacks, I am watching a different quarterback on Saturdays than most people are seeing. I'm going to mm-hmm. leave Keaton Slovis aside, but even when they were talking about drafting Sam Darnold so high, I just, I remember his last season at USC. I remember how he couldn't set his feet. Now you're telling me Matt rule. Who's a decent coach. At least he was in college. I don't know how he is yet in the NFL, uh, but you're telling me he's going to be the, the, rec- the reclaimer on the Sam Darnold project to what a Rose Bowl season that's so far in the past now I barely remember it I don't I'm out on Darnold man I'm just out yeah I'm I'm out on Darnold and I'm out on the way that Carolina supposedly is going to prop him up this season because they had to rebuild their offensive line um I know they they franchise tag uh Taylor Moten at, at right tackle but then they signed a new left tackle in Cam Irving signed a new left guard in Pat Elfline. Then they re-signed John Miller at right guard. So, I mean, there's some changeover on the offensive line. They're trying to obviously build that up, but I don't think that really inspires a whole lot of confidence in me because at the end of the day, the guy with the ball in his hands is Sam Darnold. So I'm taking the under at seven and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, Tampa Bay went 11 and five last year and won the Super Bowl. Their win total is at 12 this year. Now, maybe that's yeah. just accounting for a win in the final in this expanded uh, schedule, but I've never seen a team go 11 and five in the next year with bringing back the literally exact same team, Ryan, that they're now expected to win one more game. This feels like it feels like I really want to take the under, but it also feels kind of like a trap, too. It does. 12, 12 seems like a big number. And while that may be the case, we just talked about how the Panthers aren't going to be very good. Talked about how the Falcons aren't going to be very good. Talked about all the question marks. We have the New Orleans Saints. I, I think that this almost is shaping up to be a division, a lot like the NFC North, where the, the Buccaneers are the Packers. They're far and away, I think, the best team in the division. And I think that the Buccaneers will clean up in the NFC South. And if they clean up in the NFC South, then they're in pretty good shape to hit that 12. 
Yeah, and as I said, the NFC South is polling the NFC East and the AFC East. Two yep. divisions that are just not going to be very good. I don't think AFC East, we'll talk about this next week, but I don't think the AFC East, AFC East might, might be what the NFC East was last year. It very well could be. You yeah. know, you have, you have, yeah, we'll get to that, but I, I totally agree with you. So how I see this kind of playing itself out is, as you mentioned, you know, the Bucks bring back every important player that they needed to bring back from winning the Super Bowl. Um, repeating as Super Bowl champions is probably one of the hardest things that you can do in all of team sports, uh, just because there's so many, so many variables, so many injuries, so many things that you have to overcome. But I'm, I'm going to take the over and take the over at 12. I think I'm laying off this one, but uh, division winner uh, bucks are minus 175 saints plus 300 Falcons plus 850 Panthers plus 900. And again, if if that's what it is, then I guess I'm taking the Bucks there because I don't trust the Saints enough to win this division again. Yeah, those odds are so heavy handed and you got to pay out on the Bucks. But I which is, again, it's, pay- it's crazy. We're talking about the Saints won the division last year. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But yep. yeah, but we also talked about Taysom Hill and James Winston for five minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving yeah. on to the NFC West, since we've been talking about the South for now for 17. Um I, I I hesitate to get into this one, Ryan, because there are so there is so all these win totals are high. All these win totals are high. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, 10, 49ers, 10 and a half, Rams, 10 and a half, Cardinals, eight and a half. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's save the Rams just because uh, for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, let's start with the uh, let's start with the Cardinals. You're expecting a, a, another step from Kyler Murray. I think he has it in him. I think he has all of the weapons that he needs around him. They go out and they get AJ Green. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They obviously believe in Edmonds to to head up their running game. Did their defense get that much better? And will Chandler Jones come back? If Chandler Jones is going to hold out, that's a huge hole. Obviously, they added JJ Watt. So, you know, that's something. Um, they got Zayvon Collins. In um in the draft, so they they definitely beefed up on defense a little bit, but I think they really need their offense to be a lot more consistent. And I believe in Kyler Murray. I think that he's got what it takes. Um, you know, last year they finished uh, eight and eight, so with their win total, you know, being set at eight and a half, I think they'd do better for one more win. That's what seventeen games. Yeah, I th- I think that's about fair. I think that yeah. I, this could be a 10 win team, I think. Sure. Absolutely. That might not be I, good enough. That might not be good enough to win the division, but they No, I don't think so. Yeah, they'll I think this division's so hard to figure out because I feel like everyone's kind of penciled in the Rams, but at the same time, like we're gonna talk about all these teams have certain strengths and all these teams have certain weaknesses. Cardinals definitely questions on defense. Questions mm-hmm. with Kyler Murray to to make that final step forward. But I don't know. I kind of like him as a sleeper. He could come out of dark horse territory for MVP, but I'm also crazy. Yeah. Seahawks. Oh, go on. Uh, I was just going to say the other thing is obviously the NFC West, they get to play the NFC North. So there's some opportunities for some games there. Seahawks at 10 wins. um, Feels like I should pound the under on this. Not, not to be unfair to Seattle, but we've seen a lot of strife with Russell Wilson there. 
Mm-hmm. Last year they got to beat up. Uh, I mean, they they had some impressive wins, but they also overperformed at the start of the year because they pulled Atlanta, New England, Dallas minus Dak, uh, my and Miami, and then a, a one point win over Minnesota. And then they were just kind of iffy for the middle of their schedule before getting to finish by like beating up on the Jets and the and the and the football team. This year, they're going to start at Colts, which apparently news out as we're recording this on a Friday that Carson Wentz is out indefinitely. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, who knows? But then they got to play Tennessee. They got to go on the road to San Francisco two weeks after that. Their bye week comes in the middle of the year, but I don't. It it feels Ryan like every year the Seahawks keep losing pieces. And I feel like then every year we just keep expecting them to do what they did a long time ago, just because Russell Wilson is great and fantastic and glorious. And And it seems like in an effort to replace some of those missing pieces, kind of like with the trade that they made last year for Jamal Adams, it seems like John Schneider's trying to dig their way out of not being so great at drafting lately by mm-hmm. kind of taking the Rams blueprint and using it to some extent. And for a team that was so built on defense, I mean, last year they gave up 371 points outside of the 49ers who had so many injuries to their defense. That was the most amount of points given up by an NFC West team. I, I, I don't know. As you mentioned, with the strife with Russell Wilson, this team's identity has shifted a lot, and I don't know how much I trust that defense. So I'm going to take the under here. I, I agree with you, Chris. I'm going to take the under with someone's got to be the someone's got to be the loser in the NFC in the NFC West out of all these division games. Am I crazy so. for thinking that it's the Seahawks and not the Cardinals? No, because I I see because as we talked about the trajectory for the Cardinals is up. I don't see how the trajectory for the Seahawks is anything but either keeping steady or going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, take and, that, and take they, that as you will. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. One more note about the Seahawks right now. Um, and this is, I think this is true of the 49ers. We'll talk about that in a second, but they play at Pittsburgh on Sunday night football versus the 49ers on Sunday night football at Washington on Monday night football. They have, I'm sorry, and they have another Monday Night Football game against New Orleans. Four primetime games over the weekend, not counting, of course, everyone's Thursday night primetime. Yeah, that's that's a lot of primetime games for a, a, a team that, I mean, do they deserve it? Well, I think this is something the whole division's getting because let's move on to the 49ers, mm-hmm. um, who, look, they didn't get their quarterback this last year maybe they still they according to kyle shanahan they didn't get their quarterback but they wanted that that's an odd thing to come out and say that you wanted to get matthew stafford when jimmy g is still there in that locker room and after they drafted but, trey lance and yeah which uh, do you think trey lance comes in right away i don't know I, I think that's something to keep in mind when looking at this this win total because you know it is set at uh 10 and a half which seems a little aggressive um for a team that finished six and ten a year ago but by the same token i think they're really they counting injury, on injury yeah. plague than last year though that was the big thing like you just kind of hope that they're healthy and maybe you see something out of trey lance but trey lance should be plug and play with his team mm-hmm. i don't trust rookie quarterbacks coming in though i just don't 
I think to sum up why Kyle Shanahan was so aggressive when it came to quarterback, because it wasn't only Matthew Stafford, it was about Aaron Rodgers too. Like yeah. 49ers called Green Bay and they were interested in getting getting him as well. And eventually they they settled on Trey Lance moving all the way up in the you know draft to to the third overall pick to take him. So I I feel here's, like their defense the- can take the bounce back, but give me some schedule stuff. Yeah, once again, prime time here <clears throat> all over the place. They're playing Green Bay. Sunday night football after their bye week, they're playing the Colts on Sunday night football. Uh, if Wentz doesn't play the season, that's probably getting flexed. Um, Sunday night football against Seattle uh, in December, Monday night football against the Rams. They're, they're playing once again, four primetime games. Mm-hmm. And again, I think, I think depending what happens with the Colts that might get flexed, but that's a lot of pressure on a team putting putting all these games in, in prime time. Yeah, especially when they drafted a quarterback at three and they have Jimmy G there. Is Jimmy G going to rise to the occasion or are they going to have to switch things up midseason? I, I, I don't know. Having that kind of uncertainty at quarterback makes me hesitant to take the over at ten and a half. Yeah, and like this is this is going to be rough for them too. down the stretch. They are going to have to do a Thursday night game with no buy. Like in week 16, they play Atlanta on December 19th and they have to turn around and play Tennessee on the 23rd. Yeah, a Tennessee team that loves to be physical at in in tennis in Nashville, too. Yeah, that could be a game with huge implications, but huge implications and coming off short rest. I, I, I think I'm inclined to take the under here because while they're set at ten and a half, the last team we're going to talk about in this division is also set at ten and a half. That's the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, the Rams, who we're going to have to figure out, like, look, best defense in the league last year. And they just added Matthew Stafford. And uh, get the hot takes in about Matthew Stafford all you want right now. I don't think he's repeating his stat about losing record against teams with winning records. I don't think that's going to happen here. Vegas doesn't think so either, Chris. Yeah, but at the same time, he just lost his rushing weapon. He is destined to not play because Cam Akers, I believe, is he out for the uh, season? Yeah, he's, he's out he's for, the done for the year. Yep. Once again, cursed to not have a ground game. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they can maybe they can. Well, he, here's the thing with the NFL, right? Is if, mm-hmm. if if there's a position that you can replace on the fly, it would be the running back position, right? Like if your quarterback sure. goes down, there goes your season. You know, if if you lose your top defensive player, like, you know, when the 49ers lost Nick Bosa, that's a huge, that's a huge gut punch to your team. Maybe they can find that production with Daryl Henderson. Maybe they can find it somewhere else. I'm going to bet on them being able to find it out. I want to take the over at 10 and a half. I really do. Points scored. They were tied for 22nd last year at 372. I think that improves just because again of Stafford. I'm not, it's not that I'm like saying Stafford is this like magic bullet that's going to make them amazing, but I I can't cope with the idea that somehow that's going to go down from Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. It just that they're going to improve on that. They were they only allowed 296 points last year, best in the NFL again. I know points allowed isn't the greatest stat out there, but it's what goes up on the scoreboard, Ryan. It's what goes up on the dang scoreboard. Yeah, and I mean they had to replace a defensive coordinator because Brandon Staley went off to uh, coach for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And they brought in Raheem Morris. You know, they have Aaron Donald, who, I mean, he. you want to talk about magic bullets, that guy is the magic bullet. 
And I know right. that they lost Brockers to the Lions. They lost John Johnson the third to Cleveland. But I think that they can they can fill those holes because they still have they have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Like they have a pass rush and they have a guy who can shut down your your best offensive threat. Once again, this is God's uh division. Starting the year on NBC against the Bears. They get the Titans at home on NBC for Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Monday Night Football at 49ers at Arizona. Two divisional primetime Monday Night Football games. Now, granted, remember that now Monday Night can flex, so not, none of these are really set in stone, but something tells me the Rams are going to keep getting on primetime. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, if, if games get flexed, the Rams are going to be the first uh, first name on that list to um, to get them onto prime time because now, they're I, they're going to be good. If if I am schedule guy here apparently, but if there is anything that I can really point to that makes me worry a bit about the Rams, this back end after they get a bye week in week eleven, and then this is how they finish their year at Green Bay end of November. So mm-hmm. Lambeau's already cold. Jacksonville, fine, whatever. Okay, you'll you'll ace that. At Arizona on Monday Night Football versus Seattle at Minnesota at Baltimore versus 49ers. Is that the litmus test for Matthew Stafford? It's your tune up if you're going to go into the playoffs. Yeah, you, you got to pass that. You, this is this is the pre this is the pre exam. You got to pass this before I can really like let you into the playoffs. I mean, that, that I think that stretch of their schedule right there is going to decide whether or not they're a playoff team. I totally agree with yeah. you. Um, and to just take a quick look at the odds for the division winner, Rams mm-hmm. at plus 190, 49ers also at plus 190, Seahawks at plus 275. I love the Cardinals at plus 600. If there's a way, I mean, that that's just some enticing odds. I can't believe that they're plus 600 versus the... Seahawks being plus 275. I think that's just the difference of, again, the perception of the Seahawks versus the perception of the Cardinals at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, I, I would obviously, I, I would hit plus 190. I think those are great odds on the Rams, but um, if you're going to throw a flyer out there, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get accustomed to, you know, me just wanting to throw out a flyer, a little $5, $5 flyer on plus 600 odds for the Cardinals to win the division. Ain't going to hurt nobody. Ain't hurt nobody at all. So this is um, we, we're kind of all over the place on this one to start, but that's fine. Um, I think next time we'll still be all over the place with the AFC, but then we're going to start tightening and getting closer in as we examine certain things we like. But we just got to slam through. We didn't leave ourselves a lot of time before the preseason, so we're slamming through all of these. But this has been the first episode of One Leg at a Time. and We came in uh, a lot longer than I think we wanted to do, but that's fine because we're talking about gambling and we love it. Yeah, and it's a big season preview. I mean, we just covered every team in the NFC. Yep, every so. team. Yeah, we don't really get to cover other teams besides the Lions sometimes with POD cast, so it's nice to uh, eyeball out, especially when we're going to be seeing who the Lions are going to be playing on some of these. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, so and what, what's, your, what's your best, what's your favorite out of all of these win totals, the one that you would stake the most on, a single team? We, we, we got to go all the way back to the top. Green Bay Packers at over 10. I think that's just money waiting to be made. I wouldn't do a single. I wouldn't do double digit over there. I. But at the same time, like, I don't know where else I would. I I think I like 
Giants over seven, but I might be crazy. I, I, I mean, but I, I think you're taking a look at the rest of the division there, right? Same way I'm kind of yeah. looking at the Packers win total. I mean, they, they get to play the NFC North. Giants get to play the NFC East. I, I, I think guess, we both I guess, have our feelings about those divisions. You know what I mean? I guess I just look at the Giants and I say, it's it's not that I look at them and see, are they a 7-1 team? I say, are they a 10-loss team? And I don't think they're a 10-loss team. I don't think so either. Yeah. So And I can push. Um, yeah, and and I don't. I, by the same token, I don't see the Packers losing seven games. Yeah, this is gonna be really weird to figure out the seventeen game schedule. It doesn't like on the surface. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but it's definitely gonna just mess with my brain yeah. all season long. Um, but yeah, I, hey, it's my lock. Packers over ten. Packers take, over ten. We'll take take it. We'll take the one legged lock. Yeah, and. You know, just a, a quick kind of preview of obviously next episode, we'll be talking all about the AFC, um, all of those divisions. We'll break those down. And then um, hopefully if we have time for a third episode, we're going to talk about some some player props that we really like um, that we we'll can get circle. some in. We'll, we'll get some in while we're talking. I feel like during preseason because those player props will still be up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't so. expect to fully gamble on the preseason, but there is there is money to be made on the preseason if you're savvy. So we'll talk about that. And uh, we're going to have some more fun throughout this. I think once we get into the season itself, uh, we've got some fun ideas for vignettes. Is, is it vignettes or vignettes? How do you say that? I that's, go that's one of those, Yeah, that's one of those words that I see written that I never say out loud. Well, you just did and you did so correctly, Chris. Good okay. job. At least the first time, but I was uncertain. <laughs> that's what makes me adequate. Goodbye, everyone. We'll be back next time on One Leg at a Time. Once again, from the green grassy hills of Las Vegas. In our minds. Okay. I'll chop that up. I gotta I still gotta do scraps this week, man. I might just lose scraps. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today